Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seat. We don't have a new theme song, but that would be a good one. No. <laughs> Wait, pull up like IMDb on your phone. Oh, okay. So we like know. This something. is like this is serious. This <laughs> this week's episode is serious. It's, it's super serious. <laughs> Do you remember like in middle school being like instead of saying serious, you'd say serial? You'd be like, I'm so serial right now. Is that a sign that we're millennials? But do you remember that? I don't think Zoomers say that. But do you remember that? That's yeah. not okay. Okay, good. I feel like that was a you know. I just wanted to make sure that was a universal experience. Yeah, it wasn't just my school uh, being. But weird. we usually like said it probably to be homophobic. <laughs> This week, we're still in our Oscar bracket. This is what? round? This is uh, round, not round three. three. Not round ding, three, ding. Or it's pairing three. Yeah. Um, and The third match. Third match. And this week, we had Nomadland versus The Father. The Father. Um, <laughs> sorry. These two movies, I feel, were paired correctly. Oh, like, yeah. The, Both heart-wrenching. If heart you had to like, compare two movies to each other. Yeah, this pairing, I feel, and I feel like next week's too with Minari and Sound of Metal. Like, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, um, both heart wrenching, both beautiful. Yes, I, I already have a clear winner in my head. I'm still like debating. Well, in let's my talk head. about it. Okay, so we watched Nomadland first. Okay, um, and what's Nomadland about? Nomadland is about a woman who lived in a town of Nevada called Empire. Um, and I think it was a coal mining town. And Real then, coal mining town. Yeah. yeah. And the this is this aspect of the film is based in true historical events in the fact that she the the mine got shut down and everybody lost their jobs in the town. Like everybody was dependent on this coal mine for their job. It was like a um, small town. It was, it was like tiny. Seventy people were in this town, I think. No, it was a couple hundred before. Oh, before the crash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, or at least a thousand or something. And so. What they ended up doing is they ended up having, they literally had to displace all, all these people got displaced out of their homes. Um, again, this is like real, real life. Like all these people got displaced out of their homes. The zip code literally stopped existing because. Which is such a wild thing. To just, yeah. And like the, it like empire on a map, I don't think ex- is there, or maybe it's there, but the zip code for empire like doesn't exist. And so yeah. what ended up happening, and this was taking, this took place around 2009, 2012. Right. 2000. Uh, the the plant shut down in 2011. Okay. And um, I think the movie takes place in 2012. Okay. Which is important to know that because the premise that this movie is based on is after the Great Recession that happened between 2008 and 2009. Yes. Um, and so... The woman, played by Frances uh, McDormand, who's mm-hmm. freaking spectacular. She's so good. She's so good. I love I, her. Yeah, honestly. Um, she ends up living out of a van, and she takes place in a... Uh, she ends up, like, falling into this realm of, like, nomadic people. They call themselves nomads, um, where all these people live in vans. They live in vans. They live in their cars. They don't live in traditional homes. Mm-hmm. They travel around the country doing seasonal work. Yeah. Um, and for her, it's like uh, it's after the uh, the death of her husband, which I think he had died a, a long time prior to the town shutting down. Yeah, is what it was implying. Um, and so she meets just all of these really interesting people along the way, um, and she's dealing with this unsettledness that I think that is within her. 
Um, there's really like, like the plot really is like, she like goes to like this meeting of these nomads and then she ends up staying there for longer than everybody else. And then she ends up meeting this woman who has brain cancer. And then she ends up going to the Badlands with another Mm -hmm. friend. And then she ends up going to California with this guy who I think is trying to hit on her. Um, and then she ends up leaving him and she's, and then like the movie ends with her like at the ocean and she's like free kind of thing. Like if you're talking about the actual plot, but I think the actual, like what's happening in the movie is her dealing with this unsettled feeling that she has. Like she has a, she doesn't want to be tied down. She doesn't want to, she wants to be like in a wide open space. She even talks about how, when she did live in empire with her husband, that the house was on the edge of town and that on the, in the backyard, Mm -hmm. you could look out and you just saw desert for miles and miles and miles. She's like, we had everything in the world there kind of thing. Um, And we found out after the fact that the movie is based on a book. Um, And in the book follow three different people, um, Linda May, Swanky and Bob Wells, who actually star in the film as Linda May, Swanky and Bob Wells, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's cool that they found him. I want an apol. I want to apologize. Why? The first week I went on a rant about how there was only one oh, yeah. female director nominated. It was promising young woman. Uh this one, Chloe Zhao. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is the director. In. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. So <laughs> I went on a big rant about that. It's okay. Um, anyway, so that's, that's what Nomadland is about. This, the, and the book is about just this cultural phenomenon that happened after 2009, where a bunch of middle-aged to upper-aged Americans started this nomadic lifestyle. What was the idea that, like, everyone had lost? A lot of people in that time talk about how they lost everything because all their money was in the market. Right. But I'm saying this film covers this specific phenomenon of people of like yeah. older Americans becoming nomads. Yeah. You know? Um, because I feel like I was like, wow, this like really unglamorizes like van life, hashtag van life. You know what I mean? Like people nowadays like glamorize living out of a van mm-hmm. and traveling around the country and doing all this stuff. And it's very trendy. It's very hip. And this is very much not that story it's not trendy it's not hip it's out of necessity and it's also out of like love for being free yeah and not being tied down Mm -hmm. um so that's nomadland um the other one yeah the other movie we watched was the father just fucking killed me dude yeah oh my god i cried uh it's about stars anthony hopkins and olivia coleman both amazing humans both amazing humans uh, and it follows uh, Anthony Hopkins' character's name is Anthony. Yeah. Uh, it, it follows Anthony as uh, someone with dementia and Coleman playing his daughter, Anne, uh, taking care of him. Um, this movie is very sad. Oh, my God. <laughs> this movie it's... is messed up. Uh but it's so good. Um, basically, I don't know. It's non-linear storytelling because it's from the perspective oh, of yeah. Anthony's character. Um, and you get to see, uh, It's painfully accurate how uh, his demented mind works. Yeah, there are like scenes where he's 
asking a question and the people are not responding to his question and you're like, how that's weird. Like you're, you're along for the ride with him and you're just as confused as he is. And then like yeah. something happens and it shifts to a different room and it cuts back to the same room and somebody else walks in and they're like, Oh no, 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 I'm this person. And you're like, wait a minute, who is who? Like mm-hmm. it, it was hard to follow in that sense. And it was done. Like it's totally so, meant to yes. be hard to follow. Yes. And it was done in such a way where you are so empathetic Mm-hmm. you're not even sympathetic because sympathy is is feeling for somebody and you don't understand what's going on with yeah. them. You're empathetic at this point because empathy is feeling for somebody because you do understand. And you're like, I don't know what's happening in this movie. I can't even imagine what it's like to be living in this world. Like, yeah, you know, just living in his head. It's so sad. Like, really, it's really like, like, I, I've been trying to like wrap my head around this movie uh since we watched it last night yeah and i'm like it's really like a few scenes that have been re-stitched together in a different manner yeah uh spread out over an hour and a half yeah well you you heard mine and my sister was watching it with us you heard our theory Mm -hmm. about how i think what happened is he the movie technically took place inside what happens at the end of the movie is you find out that he's in a like um, he's in a hospice setting yeah he's in a hospice and um what uh, my sister and i were thinking was that like the he's been in the hospice since the beginning of the movie but mm-hmm. every time his daughter came back to visit him it was putting him in it was throwing him into these memories of that had happened a long time ago Maybe. which is why he kept remembering things about Paris that like didn't make sense because like she was like, I'm not moving to Paris. And then later on in the movie, she's like, I am moving to Paris. And you're like, what's going on? Um, that that I think is what was happening. But and also I don't think necessarily matters technically what's going on with the plot because you still understand like how sad. Yeah, because of it. Is. Yeah, because it is so like because it is from the perspective of a demented human being. Um, you can literally pick together whatever plot you want, and like, yeah, and it, and that very much um could be the reality of it. Like, I mean, we could sit in a room and just talk about it for an entire day. We talked about it, I think, for like thirty minutes after the movie because yeah. we were like, "Wait, no, this happened. Wait, no, but who is this and who is yeah. that?" And and like, and the reality could easily just be like he he just. He just... We're not going to know who Paul was or who James is or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still of a mindset there is no James. I know. There's a whole thing where... I can't even explain. So, like... So, I'll I'll, I'll do my best. Um, So, the movie kind of starts off with uh, uh, Anne coming home after work to visit her dad. And her dad going, oh... Uh, or she comes home after work to tell her dad that she's leaving to go to Paris. Uh, and yeah. he doesn't remember that. And then it melts into another scene where he meets Paul. Paul. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. She's moving to Paris to marry this guy named James. No, to marry this guy named Paul. I'm telling you it's James. No, because she was like, she was kept she was saying. Because she was married to Paul. There is no James in this movie. 
this is where I get confused. Yeah, I need so, to rewatch the so beginning. Maybe. The very beginning, she's moving to Paris to marry this man named James. Um, and in the next, and the uh, Anthony has forgotten that her and Paul have split. Uh, in the next scene, we meet Paul. Uh, He's a dick. And he kind of is going like, oh, she's going to leave you for this guy named James. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> We've been married for 10 years. Um, and that like, and that, and I was going to say like, and I feel like that is like one of the aspects where he's like living in the present. Yeah. Also within a memory. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Olivia Ann comes home into in, and it's not Elizabeth. Uh, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. Yeah, know, it's, it's a some, different actress. Yeah. Oh my god, it was wild. And you know, it's it'll cut through, and that's pretty much how the movie goes. It's like, yeah. Um. And if it's confusing when I say it, oh my god, just wait till you watch it. Highly but recommend you should watch this film. If you've ever had a family member with dementia, it is very painful to watch this movie. Yeah. Very very painful. Yeah. Um. Because it is very accurate it's too accurate um yeah there are aspects where like the family's like getting mad at him and i'm sitting there going like how could you get mad at this person like they're 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 not well and i know you were like well you've never lived with somebody who has dementia and i know that you have and yeah, it's it's hard, um, but I mean to to keep it on this movie. Like this movie is fantastic, mainly for its narrative structure. Um, Second guess, to the acting. I mean, yeah, the acting's phenomenal. Yeah, I guess those are. You want me? To, I'm going to bleed into my prose because this is a very hard movie to describe. No, the, let, to describe. A should plot we go too. back to Nomadland first, though? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that movie, too, like, I know we're kind of going off and being like, this Fifth of Father's amazing, but Nomadland is beautiful, too. I, yeah. It's it's sad in the sense of, like, you want her name, the main character's name is Fern. You want her to be happy, and I know that she wants to be happy, and she just is, like, trying to figure out how to find this happiness, and she kind of finds it for a brief second with this man and his family, but then I think she gets scared of being tied down, and so she leaves. And yeah, she she almost um, craves loneliness. Yeah, it's it's a lonely it's a, movie. It's a very lonely movie because yeah. there's not a lot of dialogue. There's not even a lot of music, or a lot of just. It's just like hearing the sounds of the world around you, which mm-hmm. I really appreciated. It was very simple in that sense, but like simple, not bad. Simple, beautiful. It's. You see, like, all these beautiful Arizona sunsets, and then they're in the Badlands in North Dakota, and it's freaking gorgeous. And I felt like it was a much... The cinematography was very much an ode to America and American landscape. Yeah. And um, it, it, it's it's gorgeous in that sense. I, I love the cinematography. I also think Frances McDormand does an amazing job. She's so good. She's so... She's so good. And Fern's an interesting character, because Fern is very quirky. Mm -hmm. She's very, um, like, she's not sad. And she doesn't really ever get angry. But you also don't ever really see her happy either. She kind of is just like, like, I don't know. 
I mean, I she's feel just, like... But she's also not just there. She brings something to the table, too, and I don't know how yeah. to describe it. I feel like she's her happiest when she is... <clears throat> when she's meeting people or interacting with someone she hasn't seen in a long time. Or even meeting someone new, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I gen- genuinely think, like, she is a character who, like... like desires to be around people to have that home but her crave for loneliness is too strong her craving for loneliness like it's not it's like it's an unfortunate craving you know i think as well like i said earlier i think that it the movie implies that her husband died a couple or some time before empire shut down and she was like i could have left she talks she talks about like how she's like I could have left Empire but I was scared and mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave this was like the only home I'd known and I think it's also a movie saying like or she I think the reason why she likes to travel around or she wants to be in this nomadic lifestyle is because she didn't leave when she should have yeah. I think that's what she feels she didn't leave Empire when her husband died she stayed and she stayed and she stayed and then she was forced to leave and now she's like well now I don't know where to go so I'll just not settle down ever. Like that I that I feel like is that driving yeah. um factor. And but I think I just think Fern is an interesting character. You don't really get you get to know her a little bit, especially near the end, but you mm-hmm. never fully, I feel like, dive in. It's more telling stories about all the other people around her. Yeah, she's she feels static in a um kinetic world. Yeah. Exactly. And she goes back, like, there. she does all these seasonal jobs, and then at, like, the beginning, near the, it's, like, New Year, and she's working at an Amazon warehouse, and then near the end of the film, it's New Year again, and she's working at the same Amazon warehouse. It's, like, even though she is, is in this nomadic lifestyle, it's almost like this hamster wheel. Yeah. You know? Like, she's still going through the same things. Like, yes, she's traveling. Yes, she's not technically, quote-unquote, tied down, but she still is in the fact that she's going through the same routines every year. Yeah, um, I found the movie very interesting with uh, the con- the reason I say she's static in a kinetic world. Everyone seems to have an ending to their story. Right, and she um, didn't. What's his name? What's his name? Bob Wells? David? Dave? Dave? No, it wasn't Dave, was it? It is Dave. Yeah. Yeah, the so, guy she's like, the guy that's kind of into her. Yeah, so yeah. Dave ends up going back home to be a grandfather and swanky swanky was that the one who got brain cancer yeah she dies swanky gets brain cancer but she goes i'm gonna go to alaska and find my happy place it's like this like bird mating thing or something yeah. it's super cool yeah and linda um, may i don't really know if she had an end either but i don't think she she went yeah i think she ended up traveling somewhere else yeah. Maybe she did go home cuz uh like a recurring line in the movie is oh you're always welcome to stay with us. Yeah, Please that's, don't be a stranger. That's like, always come stay with the us. thing is they're like you can stay here if you want like there's people that she meets in her in town that she used to mm-hmm. know and they're like you can stay with us. She goes back home to her sister and she's like you can stay with us and it's always and then she ends up staying with Dave's family for a little bit and he's like yeah my family said you could stay here. And she's just like, no, I, like, I can't. 
It reminds me of that movie Into the Wild. Um, but without like a crappy ending. What was Into the Wild? Into the Wild was about this like kid who leaves home and basically like can't stand being tied down by society and like travels around and makes everybody's life better and he inevitably makes his way to Alaska and then dies because of his arrogance. Uh, yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah, and if that's an oversimplification, fight me. I don't like that movie. <laughs> it sounds so beautiful, but and then it's like... It's it's, a, it's anyway. an interesting movie, but the character... Um, and I think this is where Nomadland succeeds, where Into the Wild failed. Um, Fern isn't trying to be above anything else. Like There is something very clearly happening in her psyche that makes yeah. her do this hamster wheel like you said right and because of that you you the viewer can actually kind of like engage with her Mm -hmm. and you can kind of like put yourself in this situation where the world is changing around you and you are not and i like and i think that they give you space for that too yes because of the fact that there is not a lot of music and it really is just like it's just shot to shot and you get to hear the sounds of the world around her. It really is immersive in that Mm -hmm. sense. So that's another thing I appreciated. I also appreciated that they brought in real people that they interviewed for the book originally. That was freaking cool when I found that out. Mm -hmm. And I remember you and I after were like, they didn't feel like actors. They didn't didn't, didn't feel like they were acting. It really felt more like she was there acting and they were there just being themselves. Yeah, they were just telling their story. Yeah, and it was... It was really cool, and I really, after the fact, I appreciated that um, aspect of the movie a lot. Um, and I don't think the actual swanky character died. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think so. I hope not. But I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, it's, 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 I really liked that movie. I don't really know if I have any cons, honestly. Um, Maybe, like, a more clear-cut, like thing about what's going on with Fern. But again, I don't think that the movie is necessarily about her. I yeah. think the movie's supposed to be highlighting this phenomenon that happened within this community of people. Yeah. I yeah, I don't really have any cons for it. Um Yeah, I I know um I know your sister said that it was like a uh She was like, it's boring. It was kind of like a snapshot. Like you're just watching pictures, but I think that's like the point. Like that's the slowness the of the film is very a part of it, and yeah. it that slowness is almost emphasized when they skip time. You know, in one scene, it's the start of the seasonal stuff at Amazon, mm-hmm. and like ten, like five minutes later, the season's over. Right. You know. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I, I change. I don't have. I wouldn't change anything. And shout out to Chloe Zhao for yeah. making a fantastic movie. So good, definitely. You can watch it on. Nomadland's on Hulu. Hulu. On Hulu. That one's on Hulu. Yeah. Um. Pros for the father. Pros for the father. The storytelling is something I've never seen before. It takes uh, non-linear storytelling and takes it far away (laughs) in just in in such a insane direction and it's beautifully done and i 
it was my favorite thing of the whole movie was the fact that like I've never seen a movie about a person with dementia Mm -hmm. and any movies where I have had it where like there's been characters where they are mentally ill there you don't really get to hear you don't really get to see their perception of reality it's always like they are deemed or like the reality is happening and their reality is skewed it's always from but an outside source looking in yeah and this was very much like you were in his brain um and you were right along for the ride Mm. and your reality was his reality and everyone else was like not explaining it right yeah and like that i really appreciated was this different perspective on how to tell a story about somebody whose reality doesn't match up with the world. Yeah. I I love the like they I will always describe this movie as painfully accurate. Um, it's hard to because watch because of the little nuances that uh Anthony does. Um so he like in in, in the second scene he's dancing in the kitchen like just kind of like, you know, just Moving around the kitchen, listening to the opera, listening yeah. to the opera music, and he takes a paper bag and he crumples it up, um, and he just puts it in his pocket. Oh yeah, I didn't it's, even notice stuff like that. And I was like, I, it, this movie reminded me so much of my grandma. Like it's painful. I just remember like going through her jackets and like pulling out like plastic bags and plastic, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, this is, I saw the scene the, where he put the fork in his jacket. That one I saw. Uh, where, yeah, when he puts the fork in the uh, in his little stash, he takes the fork into he like like little things like that. Oh, did he like hide it with he his hit, valuables? Yeah, hit it yeah. with his valuables. Um, just the not recognizing who a loved one is, and knowing how painful that is on the other end of it. Right. And then seeing it from his perspective. Of like, I don't know who this is, you know. He's Uh, like, I don't know who you are. And then you find out later on that the people that he mistook them for, or that he was seeing when it was Anne and Paul, was mm -hmm. actually the people, the staff in the hospital. Yeah. And so you find out who they are later on in the film. Um, Yeah. There are things that are said that you're not sure if they're even true or not. Mm -hmm. And... Like, the whole thing about Paris... There are things that are done that you don't even know yeah, that are true. There's a part where, like, it implies that the one of the, like... Not orderly. I don't know if that's the right well, term. It, but, like, the uh, nurse? It, it's implied that... Um, that So, Paul, Paul and Anne are married throughout the majority of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's implied that... There's abuse done under Paul's name. However, but the face that was doing it was, was the, the male. Yeah, yeah, it was like the male nurse, yeah. and so you were not sure. Like, was it makes sense to me that Paul would be the one that was like hurting him because Paul was an asshole, and Paul was like, "Well, like you know what? Like I hate you." <laughs> kind of basically, I, it, he straight up basically was like, "You're ruining everything." Um, I mean. Yeah. But, like, the male nurse, it was the male nurse's face that you see that was, like, kind of, like, slapping Anthony Hopkins, yeah. which is, like, very hard I to I would watch. believe the orderly, and I, I said this during the movie, too, I don't believe Paul ever put his hands on Anthony. You think he was just verbally abusive? I think 
And yeah, who do you know, even think, knows if he was verbally abused? <laughs> I think in that in that one scene, it shows that he snapped and he yelled and he was like angry. I don't think he ever put his hands on Anthony. But you think it might have been the nurse? I think it, I think the nurse might have. Yeah. Um. Mark Gaddis, who like who's great? It's a little weaselly face. He's got a we- yeah, he's got a little Moriarty face. Yeah. So um, he'd slap Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> But yeah, the just the the nuances that are done in this film are are like I said, painfully accurate. Yeah, I also what I what got me I think was the from I don't know anybody that's have that has dementia, um, but I do know the the mood swings that can happen. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where he meets his new in home nurse for the first time, and. Um, or maybe even it's the nurse at the hospice. Yeah. Who knows where it was taking place, basically. But he is like, oh, like you. And he's like really sweet and he's really charming. And he's saying stuff that like kind of doesn't make sense. He's like, I used to tap dance. And Anne's like, no, you didn't. And he's like, you don't know everything. And then in a, in like a split second, it, he's like, because he's like, oh, like, aren't you like, you're a nurse too that like takes care of people. And she's like, yeah, I am. And he's like, oh, isn't that the worst? Like. How dare you try to, like, come and take care of me? And, mm-hmm. and, like, the mood changes from, like, light to dark in a freaking instant. Yeah. And he's like, I am not leaving my house. My daughter is trying to kick me out of my house. She's trying to take my flat. She's manipulative and conniving. And you are just an accomplice. Yeah. And I will not leave. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're a little bitch. Bye. Like that. And you're like, whoa. Oh, God. Like. Again, painfully accurate. Yeah. Like, that uh, part for me was really hard to watch. Along to, like. Yeah, the paranoia in this movie is the, also like yeah. The scene at the end is really what killed me when he's crying and he's like crying. For I his went mom. the whole movie wondering when he was going to start crying for oh his parents. Oh my god, he started crying yeah. for his mom, and I was like, ugh, it's making me tear up just like thinking about it. Like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I went the like I said, I went the whole movie going. Yeah, he hasn't cried for his parents yet. And then he did, and I went, oh, my God. That's hard to watch. It's it, Yeah, to see Anthony Hopkins start crying is hard. And not and just not crying, even, but, but crying like, for his mother. Crying for his mom, yeah. Um, He's, uh, sorry, I'm, like, crying. <laughs> um, he did an ama- He's an amazing actor. He's also up for Best Actor, and if he doesn't win... I don't care about any. Sorry, Stephen Yun. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen Minari yet. I we don't haven't know. seen Minari. Um, Minari might make you cry. I know it's probably going to, but he. Out of all the films we've seen, this, I honestly, for me, the father wins out of these two. It just like the the storytelling and even the, like there's like little things where he's in the the house the next day and like there's furniture moved around mm-hmm. and it's his memory acclimating to the new, the hospice setting that he's in. And just like the little stuff like that. I was yeah. also like watching like Olivia Coleman's shirt because like she wore this blue shirt for like, you know, like the first hour of the movie or something. And I'm like, wait a minute, she's still wearing this blue shirt. Like all of this is still taking place in the same day. Yeah. Like the way it's that the they, only way you can tell that time has changed. Yeah. The way that they do the storytelling is, is so phenomenal and so 
unique and something that I haven't seen and on top of the acting that is gorgeous and painful mm. and um, yeah I don't have any cons at all the music is beautiful the cinematography it's all I like this movie for me I feel like it's hard because Nomadland is such a beautiful film but it didn't move me in the to way the that level, yeah and that that the father did and again like I mean I so I went into this movie, I went into The Father knowing that, like, what it was about, and I went, God, I hope it's not good. <laughs> I know. I wanted this movie not to be good, uh, because I was like, Nomadland was very good. Um, I To go under my rubric of, like, does it push cinema forward? Yeah. In comparison of the two. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. I think that, like, like, Nomadland tells a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. And it tells a a story that I think deserves to be told. And the father, I think, does the same thing. Tells a story and tells a story that deserves to be told. But one does not do any... One does something very different than I've seen in any movie. Yeah. And the other does something beautiful and something different. But it's not necessarily like the... It's not... It's just less talking and more... And more pretty. Yeah, it's more showing than telling. Which and which I, I appreciate and yeah. I like. And I'm definitely somebody who likes that more than anything else. I'm not a big dialogue. You know, we talked about this. I'm mm-hmm. not a big dialogue person. I like it when people show me things rather than tell me things. I like kind of figuring things out on my own. That's my preferred, I guess, movie style. Well, I'm also like, it's a movie. It shouldn't be telling you. Like It it should tell you things, but like it should be like, it shouldn't be hand-holdy. Right, know? like not like a book. Yeah. So... Um, um, I feel like the father really pushes just what storytelling. What storytelling can be. Yeah. So I think for me, that's my, that's my choice. That's yeah. what I would vote. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I said, this beats everything that we've seen so far. The father, I think, beats everything that we've seen so far. I might be talking, I might be saying something different next week after watching Minari and Sound of Metal. Yeah. But I, I could see this winning best film and I would not be surprised if it did. Or best yeah, picture, I, what it's called. It, it, yeah, I I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> like, Minari and, or Sound of Metal has to, like... Do something revolutionary, man. Like... <laughs> it has to make me happy at the end. And that is my only criteria. If it yeah. Can, if it can make me happy at the end, then I think okay. it beats the father. Okay. Like I know a little bit about Minari, and I know enough about... I've seen so many Sound of Metal previews that I'm, it might be happy at the end. Yeah. I don't know. We'll talk more know. about that next week. Maybe I won't... Maybe I'll cry again. Maybe maybe we maybe we just cry. Maybe we just cry for an hour. Maybe, maybe we live stream us crying. I really don't want to cry. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get emotional again. Hmm? That's hard. That's hard to watch, dude. Yeah. It's it's really hard to watch. Um That's why I liked it. So Okay, so Father is officially moving on to the next round. Next week we will be watching Minari and Sound of Metal. Yep. You can find the Father if you'd also like to watch it on Amazon. The It's twenty bucks it's for 19, early access. Ninety nine for early access. Which It's not it's worth it. I think it's worth it's it. It's worth it. I think if you can see it in a theater, if you're comfortable, if they're open. If you're watching it by yourself, I totally understand that, like, 
maybe 20 bucks is pretty steep in that case try to see it in a theater i mean the oscars aren't for but it's like end of april i think to the 20 something yeah so i mean it'll probably be in theaters at some point yeah um catch catch a matinee if you're trying to be super cheap with it yeah definitely but yeah on amazon right now it's i don't know when it goes off of early access payment I probably when after is, the Oscars. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's lame. I feel like if it wins Best Picture, it's going to do like a lap through theaters again. It might go on to Netflix. And yeah. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. It might stay on. It'll definitely do a lap through theaters um, if it wins. But yeah, I think um, it's worth the 20 bucks if you can watch it with a friend, a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, treat yourself. Get some taken. <laughs> Get some, get some DoorDash, <laughs> you know, make it a date night. It's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. I think we're done. You can find us on Instagram at SeatPod. At SeatPod. Uh, so. Tune in next week for Minari Sound of Metal, both yes. on Amazon. Both on Amazon. So if you want to watch your shit ahead of time, do it. That's your homework. Watch two movies. You got um, it. You got this. You got it. It's easy. And then don't watch The Father and do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, bye! Bye!